Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, couple of jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam! Put him in the hole of fame! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. One more, one more y'all want me to prove, man. Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep going with you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Niccolo Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned. We will be talking in a few minutes about the Ultra Player of the Week. And uh, Matt, I think it's easy to say who that is going to be, and that being the newly named All-Star Zach Levine. This was pretty obvious, though. And first, how are you, man? Jordan, what's going on? Happy to be talking to you for the second time today. Uh, Emergency podcast style. Um I'm just so happy, man. I'm sitting here wearing my my Levine Cuisine T-shirt. I'm 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 celebrating. I've I've cracked a really nice bottle of wine that I'm sipping on as we record right now. Oh, I I am just so happy for Zach, man. I'm happy for this fan base. You know, haven't had an All Star since Jimmy in three Alphas year that went nowhere four years ago. Uh, there have been some dark years. There have been some ugly games. Uh, and, and, you know, bless this fan base. The fact that you and I have managed to build this podcast up over three years of irrelevancy and dormant bulls and dysfunctional bulls, um, is a true testament to how much the fans of this team care. Um, and I know that this award means a lot to them and I know that this award means a lot to Zach. Um, and I'm just, I'm so happy for all of us right now, man. (laughs) It's crazy, man. It hasn't felt like it's been four years, but it's been four years since the Bulls have had an all-star, and that was Jimmy Butler. Literally three months later, the Bulls decided to make the trade for Levine. I I would bet, Matt, that if we went back and on that day where we... I remember the morning of, of recording that podcast. I remember exactly where I was when the Bulls made that trade for Butler, and it seems kind of funny if you had asked Bulls fans the morning after... Three years from now, four years from now, do you think Zach Levine would ever turn into an all-star? And how many people would have said yes? And now it's come true. So he's put in the work, man. I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world. And you think about the circumstance, too, for Levine, all the different coaches he's played under, all of the different players he's played with, the and not even to mention the ACL injury, too, that he came back from that literally nobody talks about. So uh, all the credit in the world to him. He put up the work, and he deserves it. 
Absolutely. I mean, I don't think that you can say any of the quote unquote snubs uh, from the East uh, players that didn't make it, um, whether it be, you know, Trey Young or, uh, you know, or Gordon Hayward or Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. I think the the biggest surprise for a lot of people is that neither uh, Jimmy or Bam, you know, made it in for the heat. And yes, they had a slow start. They're kind of turning things around now. But I mean, I, I looked at the number of games Jimmy missed and said, come on, man. Zach's averaging 28 and a half, five and a half, five and a half, and has played in every damn game this season. He has been so consistent. And I'm sorry, but missing games matters, in my opinion, when you're talking about all-stars. You know, a, a lot of times you'll get fan votes for a player, even if he's on the shelf, you know, like Kevin Durant and his rehabbing the, uh, you know, the Achilles year. Still obviously received a shit ton of votes from the fans because that's how fans vote. But when it comes to actually saying who is worthy of these spots, you know, I, I, I couldn't think of anybody who was more deserving than Zach, uh, along with some of the other reserves that were named uh, along with him. So happy for him, man. It's crazy. I think the only one that kind of pops out and people are going to be angry about is Trey Young. He is in the top 10 in scoring this year. But Matt, just because of that, we had been talking about all year and it's been a big conversation in NBA topics too, is Trey Young is getting over a third of his points per game from the free throw line. Uh, you look at Zach's free throw attempts, it's cut in half, man. It's cut in half, and Zach's still averaging three points more than Trey Young is this season. So it is crazy. You think about they're in similar circumstances, uh, but Zach has just had an, an incredible year. And Trey's, I mean, Trey's only shooting 43.9% from the field. Zach's shooting 52%. It's, it's absolutely insane. But yeah, he deserved it. A- anybody on that list, just quickly before we talk a little bit more about Zach, anybody on that list that uh, you were surprised that either made it, glad that they made it for the first time, or somebody that was left off, you're like, hey, that's uh, that's a little weird. Besides Jimmy, Jimmy was kind of an obvious one because of the amount of games that he missed. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I was pulling for Vucevic. But I I wouldn't have been surprised to see him left off just because Orlando is such a mess. Um, but I think it is a good reminder for for him to get in, for Zach to get in. Obviously, you know, Beal was voted a starter. This whole notion of empty calorie players that are just the best player on a bad team, but they're out there doing it every night. I mean, Nikola Vucevic is a beast. We've already seen him this season. He gave us, you know, several fistfuls. And I like the the thing that we're like oh well this this team that's x amount of games above 500 or the 1 seed or the 2 seed we have to put three or four of those players on the all-star team just because the team's that good and and then you get stuff like you know that Atlanta Hawks team from you know 5 or 6 years ago whenever that was when you're like the Atlanta Hawks that had four all-stars but none of them were actually all-stars when you talk about what does an all-star mean so, you know, like, oh, yeah, all-star Kyle Korver. Like, what? No, Bulls fans love Kyle Korver, not an all-star. I, I mean, I think it is good when you talk about Zach making it, when you talk about Vooch making it. And how about Julius Randle? Dude's having an incredible season. The Knicks are, you know, surprising people at, you know, only a half game under 500, but that's still not, you know, a, a top seed in the East kind of team that you would expect to produce these all-stars. But Good for the coaches for recognizing that, hey, even though on some of these teams that have had a tough start to the season are struggling, you know, slogging along at 500 or a little below 500, an all-star player is an all-star player. And it doesn't matter what your team's record is. Um, And and so I I was glad to see 
not only Zach, but also Randall and Vucevic get that recognition on teams that are not, you know, the teams in the East. Yeah, I think it's safe to say, Jordan, that once again, our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week will be one Zach Levine. Had a solid, if yet a little modest in his box score uh, game to lead the Bulls to victory on Monday. Uh, We'll see if he can keep things going with another win against Minnesota on Wednesday night. But even still, uh, getting the team another win, getting the team into the eighth seed in the East with that win and a Charlotte loss and earning his first all-star selection obviously makes Zach our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Our Locked Up Bulls listeners should go get themselves some Michelob Ultra to celebrate Zach Levine's all-star selection. Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Ultra has just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories per beer. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And boy, has Zach Levine's game been complete, whole, whatever you want to call it. But it has certainly brought Bulls fans a lot of joy. Michelob Ultra asks, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? I think Bulls fans and Zach Levine are experiencing all kinds of both right now. Even before the Bulls were winning this season, we all felt happier because certain people were gone and we felt like we all had a fresh start. Zach Levine had a fresh start and a new coach. The Bulls fans had a new front office to be excited about, a new coach to be excited about. Um, and, and and it has brought so much joy out of being a Bulls fan this season. Uh, and, and I think things are only going to get happier and more wins are going to come from here on out. So while we're all celebrating, go get yourself some Michelob Ultra because we're winning because we're happy. Zach Levine. We'll have to keep it tabulated throughout the rest of the season to see how many times we select uh, the player of the week, Michelob Ultra player of the week, to see how many times Zach Levine gets it. Because uh, I mean, other than the occasional win for you know Archie or Felicio, I'm guessing it's going to be mostly <laughs> Zach, right? <laughs> I would guess so. Yes, uh, but man, it, it's it's really incredible to think about the season that Zach had last year and how many people thought he was a snub last year. To think of the improvements he's made on his shot alone, Matt, the, the biggest strength of his game being the, his ability to score, it's crazy. I'm looking at his shooting comparisons, just his splits between last year and this year. It's wild. He He's improved from 62.3%, finishing around the rim to 69.6% this year. That is ridiculous to think about how Zach Levine can improve even more from what he was already doing last season and his ability to get to the rim and not only do that, but finish. Uh, he's up in basically every category, over 20% in mid-range shots, too. I, I, didn't, I guess I didn't realize this, but... Him shooting from the mid-range last year wasn't very good. If it wasn't anywhere between 16 and the three, 16 feet and the three-point line out, he was shooting below 20%. It's crazy. He's improved there, shooting over 40% there, 45% from 10 to 16, so right around the free throw line. And his three-point percentage is up just from last year, 38% last year, and he's at 43.4% this year. So it's incredible. His strength... His best ability in the NBA is his ability to score, and he's only improved on that this season. I mean, it's incredible. It seems like every day after every Zach game the night before, we would see some new stat. Or even in the game as it was happening, we would see some new stat come across you know, our Bulls Twitter timeline about 
something Zach just accomplished that hadn't ever been accomplished by a bull, had only been accomplished by a short list of players in NBA history, hadn't been accomplished since MJ. Uh, you know, one of my favorites recently was the one that they put up during the broadcast, I believe, uh, on Monday night um, in in the game against Houston, where it was talking about the history of Bulls players having the, you know, the best scoring months, you know, a calendar month from any given year. And the top 30 of, you know, points per game in a month were all Michael Jordan. And then the current February that Zach is having was 31st on the list. And then like 32 through 48 are all also Michael Jordan. (laughs) Just crazy, man. It really is. And Zach hasn't even played a full season in a Bulls uniform yet. He, he played, what, 16 in his first season here, 60 in his second, um, or no, it was like more like, yeah, it was like around 60, 62, and then even last year with the shutdown, he didn't get to play a full season, and this season's cut short as well. Imagine what, I mean, if the season continues the way it goes, Zach stays healthy and continues to perform at this, he's going to shatter a bunch of Bulls season records, man. It, it's crazy. Like, even the three-point record, he's going to have 200-plus threes in a season. He's at 106 right now. Uh, last year, he had 184. Ben Gordon, I think, is the last one to have right around 200 at 173. But it's crazy to think he's going to shatter records, man. People are going to be very surprised at the end of the season when they take a look at Zach Levine's stats. I mean, truly, some of the things that he's doing, um, when you combine his stat line, you know, 28, 5, and 5, plus the the 50, 40, 90 splits, and I know he fell a little bit below uh, on free throws recently, but he can still get that back up above 90 with the remaining, you know, half plus of the season. And, and if he does that, it'll be him, Steph, and Larry Bird. I think also maybe Kevin Durant is on pace to do it this season. I, I mean, like, what... When you talk about elite company across all of the years of the greatest scorers and most efficient offensive players in this league, and Zach Levine's name is on a list next to Steph Curry and Larry Bird, you know, as Zach says in our intro, what more do you want me to prove, man? Like, he is having an undeniably impressive, elite offensive season. It's it's remarkable, and I... I'm even thinking back a couple of years ago when he was first part of this team, and one of the biggest improvements we talked about is consistency from three, too. Just not only showing us that you can score 20, 25, 30 a night, and that's not even a question. It's what else can you do on top of that. But the consistency from three has only been remarkably more improved, going from 36% to 38 and now at 43. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep this up, but he's been just absolutely amazing from the perimeter. And I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, the Bulls... uh, record for three-point makes in a season comes from Ben Gordon back in 2008-2009, 173 three-pointers. He's got the second most two and the third most uh, in the 2005 and six season, 2006 and seven season. And then Lowry Markinen and Kirk Heinrich are tied for fifth at 145. So like I said, Zach Levine right now from three-point is 106 three-pointers and we still have what... 60, 65% of the season to play still. So, I mean, Zach's got a chance here, man, to break some records. I can't wait to watch him try, man. I, I, re- I really can't. And the other crazy part about this is that, you know, the, the knocks on Zach over the years have been trash defender doesn't affect winning, right? Doesn't make his teammates better. You see the way that Zach Levine is moving and passing the ball this season. 
I was just talking on our, you know, on our recap uh, episode about the the win over Houston. That once again, as he has done so many times this season, he looked to get good looks for his teammates before taking over offensively himself. He had three assists before he took a shot, and then in the third quarter, when the Rockets were still kind of hanging around, Zach said, "Okay, get on my back, everybody. Let's have a forty-six point third quarter and take control of this game and put our feet on their necks." And simultaneously he's improving on the defensive end you see it show up where he's he's getting you know this string of games with at least one steal if not multiple steals his off-ball defense is better he's recognizing when he needs to be aware of his guy making backdoor cuts or trying to make backdoor cuts he's getting his hands at passing lanes he's fighting his way around and through screens much better than he ever has before some of its effort and some of it i think is a new coaching staff and some of these vets who are finally buying in, helping Zach become mentally and physically a better player on the defensive end. So, you know, we could talk about all these amazing stats and some records that he might set on the offensive end, but the thing about trash defense and not making his teammates better and affecting winning, he's proving that stuff wrong too. Because guess what? As we sit here right now, the Bulls are the eighth seed. And they're not just the eighth seed. They're like two games back of the four seed. The East has had a tough go of it so far. The Bulls are right there in the mix to not only get to this weird 9-10 play-in, but they could very well be a 60 that locks themselves into a first-round playoff appearance. And how great would that be? Did Fred spike your Kool-Aid? Talking about I, top four dude, seeds. I've, I, am, I am feeling all kinds of tingly right now. Maybe it's this really nice bottle of wine I'm sipping on, but I'm only halfway through my first glass. I think it's just Zach Levine and the Bulls who are finally, finally making me not hate my life as much. Pound sand. Talking four seeds. Uh, but you're right, man. I mean, the, the East is an absolute mess between four and like 11. And I mean, there's some teams at the bottom of the East too. Like even Detroit, all they have to do is go on one small winning streak and they're right in the mix as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Pacers are 15 and 14 in the fourth seed right now. Yeah. And the late four, and I, 14 and 16, the heat are behind us too. And like you would talk, just talked yeah. about earlier with Jimmy Butler and bam missing time too. It's uh, yeah, I it's, mean the heater, you expect them to just come flying up at some point, but you know, can the Knicks hold on? Can the Pacers hold on? I'm not too convinced of that either. I'm not convinced the East is going to look the same that it does right now. I think there's going to be a frenzy and a flurry of those teams that maybe haven't tasted the playoffs in a, in a handful of years that might go and press to make some moves and bolster their roster so they can secure a playoff spot. We'll have to see over the next few weeks. It's going to be fun to talk about that too, and I'm sure the Bulls are going to be involved in a lot of the trade rumors going around there. Uh, we want to take some of your text and voicemails uh as we do our mailbag, it's kind of a special mailbag because Zach Levine named to the All-Star Game. Uh, so any of the mailbag questions, the voicemails, texts, tweets, anything that we didn't get to today, we'll do at the back end of the week. So maybe on Friday's episode, get to anything that we didn't get to uh, this week. Before we get to some of your voicemails and texts, just want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, been telling you guys about them for a long time probably almost almost a year now with built bar and they are fantastic it's the way i start my mornings they've got 18 amazing flavors six of their new flavors including caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and apple almond crisp they also have their 12 original flavors some of my favorites include peanut butter banana bread mint brownie salted caramel 
and uh, 18 flavors, so there's something for literally everybody. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the healthy, conscious guy or girl in your life. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The Peanut Butter Bar, for example, has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Jordan, to kick off some mailbag, we've just got some people congratulating Zach, sharing um, in our collective happiness. The 630 saying, so happy for Zach making the All-Star game. It's been two years in the making. He's taken his game to the next level. The 618 says, Zach Levine is an all-star, baby. Yeah, I, I mean, there's just so much love. There's so much love for Zach in, in the inbox right now. I oh, I love it. It's making me so happy. He's clearly, you know, he's clearly deserved this, man. Clearly deserved this. So uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get more and more people flooding in uh, with some, some Zach Levine love over the coming days. Like you said, we might do some more mailbag towards the back end of the week. But in the meantime, hey, there's still a season going on. We've got a trade deadline coming up, but we've got all kinds of other stuff in our inbox. So shall we uh, dive in? I think we've got at least a couple of new voicemails to get to. Yeah, and if anybody wants to leave their reaction, whether it's just a congratulations to Zach uh, or if you want to kind of talk about Hey, it's congratulations, but what's the next step now for the Bulls? Uh, thinking about the short term or the long term future of the Bulls and whether or not you've been having more thoughts or more security around the idea of building around Zach now that he is named an all star. Uh, leave it for us at 331-979-1369. Let's go out to one of our frequent listen- listeners, uh, Sam in L.A. Hey, Matt. Hey, Jordan. This is Sam from L.A. Um, I wanted to throw out a question about uh, the trade deadline. I know right now everyone's talking about Lonzo Ball, Hello Marketing, and whether we should keep that or not. But I was wondering if there was any other, I don't know, playmakers, point guards, wing players that the Bulls should be looking at. You know, I'm not sure who's available right now, and I'm not sure what the Bulls can do. But are there any other options we may not know about? Because I know, you know, Arturis and, and Eversley, they like to work in the shadows, and they like to – keep things hush-hush, you know, do you think there's any other players out there that we're not talking about that we should be looking at as a team and as a squad? Um, Appreciate all the great podcasts and content, and go both. Matt, I really love this call because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot over the last couple of days. Is like other names that I've been listening to podcasts, people talk about other teams around the league, and as now we approach the trade deadline, I'm starting to hear about more of like the young cores and teams that have stacked up a bunch of young players and maybe are looking to upgrade. And uh, a place that I landed that I didn't think I was going to land on was Charlotte. I thought about Charlotte's backcourt, and they've got a lot of young potential backcourt pieces there. They had one in particular that I don't think they thought was going to turn into a better player than he did, and that was Devontae Graham. But man, I think he's the odd man out in Charlotte, and maybe the maybe the Charlotte Hornets are looking to upgrade their front court. It could be a potential partner with the Bulls. What do you think about the Bulls if, if uh, Devontae Graham is the odd man out in that backcourt there? And they want to keep on Terry Rozier. They've got LaMelo Ball for the future, and they also have Gordon Hayward. What would you think about uh, potentially trading for Devontae Graham? That's intriguing. Well, first of all, uh, I also love that call. But I love that call for a very specific reason, which is that he referred to AK and Eversley liking to operate in the shadows. And it just made me picture AK and Eversley (laughs) in Batman costumes. So appreciate that, Sam. Uh, Dude, I, I, you know, I really like Devontae Graham. I think the dude's got a bright future. 
Um, it's just kind of weird to to gauge to try to gauge where Charlotte thinks they are right now as an organization and who they want to keep around and who they don't. I mean, it's it's kind of the same boat that the Bulls are in right now in that we're a month removed from the trade deadline and Bulls fans are wondering, are we going to trade Lowry? Are we going to trade Wendell? Is Kobe here long-term? Are they going to sign Zach to an extension? What's going to happen? You know, is, is there a big trade looming not too far away as they try to fight to, you know, scrape their way from the outside looking in to the back end of the playoffs in a weak Eastern Conference? The Charlotte Hornets are in – I mean, I could have just laid that out, and I could have been talking about the Bulls or the Hornets. <laughs> like, So that, like, all that to say, I have no idea what they are trying to do with their next move. I didn't really get the Gordon Hayward move when they did it. Um, clearly, you know, l- losing Kemba and then paying all that money to Terry Rozier was certainly a, a weird choice. I have no, I'm not going to pretend to know what the Hornets are thinking because not many of the moves that they've made in recent years have made sense to me. Yeah, the one thing that they've been good at, though, is is finding backcourt pieces, right? Like you you talked about, even Malik Monk off the bench has been good. He's underperformed for where he got drafted, and I think what the Hornets were ultimately banking on him being, but he's only 23, too. So I could see maybe a potential pair, I at least... As a Bulls fan, I would be interested in the possibility of trading for Devontae Graham and Malik Monk. Again, both of those guys are free agents at the end of the year. I think Devontae Graham, though, is might be a restricted free agent, so that might be a situation where you'd have to monitor, but that would be a plan of signing him long-term. Um, Malik Monk, though, would be another piece, but like you're talking about, a lot of that's going to center around probably discussions people don't want to have, and that's going to be whether or not you decide to deal Lowry Markkinen or Wendell Carter Jr., or you decide not to do either of those. So uh, somebody else that I was thinking about, too, and we've talked about a lot here over the last two years, is uh, Ricky Rubio, man. His production Dude, shooting I was from wondering three. if you were going to bring up Rubio. <laughs> yes, uh, Rubio shooting from three. He's been his his three point percentage has been ridiculous this year. He's a great playmaker. I get that the money there is like two more years at seventeen apiece. I get that's a lot of money, but maybe you're banking on having him secure for the next two years, still flexibility long term, and, and not banking on having to sign somebody this summer if everybody gets swapped up uh, pretty quickly. So. What do you think about him or maybe even like the possibility of Malik Beasley too? He had some time in Denver before he ended up signing the big contract in Minnesota. I don't know. I was just putting one in one I, together dude, with AK. I ain't, I ain't going anywhere near Malik Beasley as long as he's messing around with Larsa Pippen. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't I don't want that. I don't want that bad vibe stuff on my team, man. No way. Malik, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, anybody that you've thought about though over the last couple of weeks that maybe we haven't talked about that'd be like hey and this doesn't even have to necessarily be at the trade deadline it could be this summer too that hey maybe we should start to put them on our radar because they're going to have decisions to make similar to what I was talking about with Charlotte's backcourt I think there are some in this fan base that still want to believe Kobe could be that guy saying you know don't give up on him being a, a, a true point guard when he's only 21 years old you know, one and a half seasons into his NBA career. And I I certainly get those who are optimistically clinging to that notion, but I think I've seen enough of Kobe to know that he is really good at what he's really good at. And the the times we've seen Kobe struggle is when he tries to hammer into his brain a, okay, I gotta, I gotta be a distributing point guard. I gotta be a playmaking point guard. 
he can put his head down and get to the rim with crazy speed, like we saw him do a handful of times on Monday night. And he's an amazing catch and shoot guy. And I don't think we should mess with that. I think we should let him continue to be a better version of that. Where AK and Eversley look, whether it's somebody young who you know might need might be expiring, needs a change of scenery guy, um, like a Devonte Graham, or if it's some something where they try to bring in another vet, veteran point guard. I, I would be okay with either, whichever AK and Eversley think is what they need to do. Like I, the Bulls point guard future thing, just like everything else, I'm putting in the hands of AK and Eversley. Um, I, I would not be opposed to trying to bring Rubio here. I wouldn't be opposed for them trying to, to get Devontae Graham on the cheap. Um, and, and just to clarify, I know you said a minute ago you weren't certain of his contract situation. Uh, he's got a qualifying offer uh, as his contract expires with Charlotte for just over $2 million, um, as he hits restricted free agency in 21-22. So, you know, could, could be a guy who a lot of teams are competing for for his services because as we're expecting, again, maybe the salary cap to stay put or go down again because of all this crazy pandemic stuff and all the money the league has lost, a lot of teams might be, gar- you know, a bargain bin hunting this this offseason and at the deadline. So, you know, AK and Eversley have their work cut out for them when they're trying to figure out what to do at that point guard spot. I think the Bulls are going to look maybe for a little bit of cheap veteran help too. If there's a player on this team that's going to walk over the summer, I think about like Val, like I know we we laugh a lot about Valentine and having, I don't know, just not having a future here in Chicago uh, long term. If that's the case, man. There it is. There's the Bulls point guard of the future, Denzel yeah. Valentine. Uh, but at least like <laughs> one of these two or three or four pieces on this Bulls team that if you are going to deal, maybe go out and get some cheap help uh, to secure that front court. Like, like Billy Donovan said just a month ago, I can't play Thaddeus Young 32, 34 minutes a night. Uh, and they do desperately need some help with Daniel Gafford being kind of in the doghouse right now. Um, but can use some contribution from somebody else in that front court while Lowry's still out. So maybe that's what they target. Maybe they decide to go cheap and, and target a little bit of support, see if they can make a little bit of a playoff run here. Yeah, and, and like that's another thing that will be interesting. I, I just have always assumed from the get-go this season, another struggling season, maybe another lottery-bound season, the Bulls are going to be sellers, not buyers, right? At the deadline. Who's to say that Eversley and and Arturis and Billy aren't thinking about like okay, well, we've already made our decision on a couple of pieces on this roster, uh, and that that decision being they're not here long term, they're not a part of our plan. Who could we get to really make a push for the playoffs in the back half of the season and look to you know not do anything crazy uh, as far as being a buyer at the deadline, but maybe trying to you know add a piece for this season. And beyond, as opposed to just selling off their assets. I, I know a lot of fans are talking about that right now and wondering. And of course, you know, the biggest name there is Thad. Bulls fans have a lot of feelings about Thad Young right now, Jordan. Dude, it's the it's the front court playmaker. Dad can do everything. Yeah, somebody quickly I was thinking about if you're gonna add veteran depth, uh, the only thing is the contract long term. But if he continues to play the way he's been playing this year, I don't think it's really that big of a problem if that's what you're trying to push for. You're trying to go forward, not backwards. And it's Al Horford, man. Al Horford, as much as we joked about how much money he got and he didn't look great, 
uh, after signing that contract. He's played pretty decently in his role in OKC this year around a lot of young guys. It could be the perfect passing big to come off the bench or maybe even play next to who, who's to say Lowry Markkinen stays here beyond next year uh, or, or Wendell Carter Jr. One of those two playing next to, to Horford or he comes off the bench, man, and it provides sort of like a quasi six man role next to Thaddeus Young. Could be some options there and I don't think it would cost you all that much. There's also another veteran on that team too. Maybe if you're looking for some playmaking help just for a year, George Hill. Uh, I don't know how much you'd have to give up for him, but all possibilities if you're looking outside the box of names that we've been talking about over and over again for the last six months. Man, I I don't know about Horford, man. I mean... I know the money's tough, man. The money's tough, especially if he doesn't repeat this, what he's doing right now. I mean, yeah, age 35 next season, $27 million. Season after that, age 36, $26.5 million. <laughs> Yeah, Whew. tough. Tough. I don't, I don't love that. And I, I also think George Hill is kind of washed at this point. Um, but I, it's just, it's crazy to me that we're even talking about the, anything other than the bulls just selling off pieces that they have right now, which honestly, well, you know, it, they, they might decide that that's still the best way to go. They might, you know, have an offer from a playoff out team for Thad Young that they think, Hey, you know, th- to, to us, this is good value. Let's do it. Um, and, and maybe not. And everything that goes along with that decision, including does the front office and do Donovan and his, his staff see the development and the strides that we're seeing from some of these younger guys because of the presence of Thad Young make it too valuable for him to pass up. And then they say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on in the free agent market this off season. But for now, we're we're going to stand pat. I mean, they've they've got a lot of different options, um, and I'm sure that whatever route they go, whether they trade people, or you know, acquire people, or do nothing, there's not everyone in the fan base is going to be happy because everybody has a certain thing that they want to see happen. I wouldn't even necessarily be angry too if they just kind of stood pat and and said, "Hey, we're winning, and we haven't really been healthy all and all together all season yet." And we're finding ways to win, and we have lineups and we that we like to use. And we've seen stretches where Lowry's looked good when Wendell's been out. We've seen stretches where Wendell's been really good, and this team's played really well, and they've won when Lowry's been out too. So now it's like trying to figure out, hey, if we get everybody back, maybe standing pat is the be- is the best idea instead of panicking or making a deal just to make a deal. I don't hate that idea either and, and using the summer to really fully invest and figure out what the future of this team is. Because again, like we talked about, if they do stand pat, they're going to have something like $40 million to spend. Uh, again, keep in mind that you have to figure out what you're doing with Lowry. And so that'll impact some of that free money. Thanks for all the calls and the texts today. I'd be very interested. Once again, congratulations to Zach Levine making his first all-star appearance. Uh, be excited to, to get your reaction at 331-979-1369. We're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck and at Locked on Bulls. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com.
Thanks a lot.